0: Hello and welcome to Gunsmoke from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. Around Dodge City and in the Territory on West, there's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal and the smell of Gunsmoke.
2: that doggone train's going to be late again, Mr. Jones.
1: Did you ever know a time it wasn't?
2: Well, no, sir, but it'd kindly make Dodge seem more civilized somehow if the train ever got in when it was
1: supposed to. <laughs> it'd take more than that to civilize this town, Chester.
2: You know, I heard a fellow from the east somewhere spouting off over at the Dodge house the other day, and he said civilization follows the railroad. He must own stock in the company. Ah, hello, Doc. It follows the plow, the way I heard it. Oh, Doc, you wasn't even there. Oh, there must have been some other fellow I heard.
1: You're up kind of early this morning, aren't you? Well,
2: I could say the same thing. Hey, there she comes. Yeah, they sure been holding back on that whistle. Yes, they're probably trying to sneak in. Chester, ashamed of being on time for once. Oh. Naturally, I'm up early, Matt. As one of the few respectable citizens of Dodge, I, I felt it was my duty to be on hand to greet the senator personally. Oh,
1: that's mighty thoughtful of
2: you, Doc. And if all he was to see standing on the platform was you rough-necked wolves with dirty shirts, he might get the wrong impression. Oh,
1: now, Doc, you're hurting Chester's feelings. He washed that shirt himself.
2: I mean, he might have done a better job than to use some soap. I did use some soap. Doggone it, Doc. <laughs>
1: Well, at least the politicians in Topeka and Washington have finally found out that we're on the map.
2: Might be better if they hadn't. They're probably fixing to raise taxes.
1: Now, Doc. Senator Hooper is here to study the problems of the farmers and the cattlemen firsthand. Yeah. (laughs) That's what the telegram said.
2: He's more likely here to investigate the general laxity in law enforcement. (laughs) Look, that must be him standing there in the door of the coach, huh? Yeah. Yes, yeah, Thomas. It isn't every day you get to shake the hand that feeds you.
1: Well, it's sure not feeding me from very high on the hog, Doc.
2: Oh, now, if you weren't Marshal, you might have to go and work for a living.
3: Greetings and salutations, good people of God's Thank you. Thank you. I hope you'll be just as enthusiastic when the next election rolls around.
1: Welcome to the frontier, Senator. I'm Matt Dillon. Here's a pleasure. I've heard a lot about you. Uh, that is Doc Adams. An honor, Doctor. Yes. This is Chester Proudfoot, Senator Barclay Hooper.
2: Please meet uh, you. How do Hello, Hello, uh, Can I give you a hand with that baggage, Mr. Sanders? Why, are.
1: Real kind of you, Mr. Cloudfoot.
2: Here we have. Uh, Proudfoot. And in, you're welcome.
4: Hey, uh, what
3: uh, about the homestead Act? I fully intend to meet each and every one of you personally to listen to your problems and to answer any questions you may have. Are you hurt, Senator? Uh, It's my arm, Marshal. Doc, take care of
0: me, will you? Come on, Senator. Will you move? It's coming behind that baggage car, but you don't attend the the depot.
1: Yeah, that's the only place it could have. With a crowd all watching the train, nobody had noticed. nobody around here well, now. Let's take a look back at the depot. Come on.
2: I can't figure out why nobody would want to shoot the sender. He don't seem like a bad fellow at all. For a politician, I mean. Anyway, he's... Look at there, Mr. Dillon.
1: Yeah, I see him.
2: I call Willie Angel. Yeah. Uh, well, I have
1: declare, Marshal. What's the matter, Willie? What happened?
2: Oh, some
5: big galoot running heck for leather just knocked me down. What happened?
1: But you got to look at him?
5: No, never seen him before in my life. Just knocked me over scat-cat for breakfast and went right on. Jumped on a horse there and ran off like the old Nick was after him.
1: Well, I guess that's that.
5: Uh, If you don't mind, Marshal, I'll get on around there and hear the speaking. I was late already. Had to feed my sheep
2: before I come into town. Uh, this sure is going to give the Senator a mighty bad impression of Dodge, Mr. Young.
1: Yeah, maybe so, Chester, but he's still alive.
6: At least so far. Uh listen just a minute, uh, if you will. I've got a little story to tell you. Well, it's not so little, it's sort of a tall tale. Ever hear of the demon brick setter from Williamson County? That'll have to do for his name, because I haven't ever heard of any other. Stories about him are popular mostly around Pennsylvania, but other places, too, call him their native son. Seems he came out of the hill country, a powerful eight-foot giant as wild and woolly as they come. First thing he did when he hit civilization was to get a shave and a haircut. They clipped him with tin shears and shaved him with a blowtorch. To cool off, he drank a nitric acid cocktail and a little sulfuric for a chaser. Well, sir, he surprised everybody when he announced that he was a bricklayer. But they gave him a job, and he proved his brag. Seems he was used to natural stone. And when he picked up his first brick, why, he gripped it a little too hard and squeeze it into a fine red dust. But he soon got used to being gentle and really got to moving. He could drop bricks into place faster than 14 men could pile them loose beside him. And when he slapped on the mortar, the sparks flew like the Fourth of July. Then he really got warmed up. Taking off his shoes, he used his toes like he had two more hands. By sundown, he had the building finished and rented. But it sure was one day's work. He had worn out three dozen helpers, set 10 million bricks, and made the building 12 stories higher than it was supposed to be. Well, I guess you know the rest of the bricklayers around the country were mighty impressed, and they began to perk up and take pride in their labors. Since that day, they've tried to equal the record set by the demon Bricksetter from Williamson County. That's the main reason why today America has some of the biggest and finest buildings in the world. You might say that bricklaying has become a mighty constructive business. (laughs) Say, isn't it nice being citizens of a country where you can laugh and talk about things free as a breeze and write and read and worship, too? Yes, sir. Maybe you don't think about it much, but you should.
2: This is going to hurt some, but I've got to clean this wound. Mm. Tell me, Doctor, dressing... Mm-hmm. I'll just... mm-hmm.
3: I take it dressing a wound like this, wouldn't it be better to do it in the hospital instead of here
2: in your office? Hospital? Oh, You're in the prairie country, Senator. Just a moment now. we got one school, one church, one jail, 12, twelve saloons, five dance halls, and, and a new hospital. That's unthinkable. Yeah. There, that should do it. All right, now, we'll get this
1: bandage on here. Oh, oh, any luck, Matt? No, Doc. How do you feel, Senator? I live. The bullet barely grazed me. Any idea who might want to kill you?
3: Well, I might name a dozen or so. Washington, but here, no. Didn't anyone in the crowd see the
2: shot fired, Marshal?
1: Apparently not. A man was seen running away right afterward, and he was probably the one.
2: Well, who saw him,
1: Matt? Old Willie Angel, the gunman knocked him down, getting away. I presume the witness is trustworthy. He always has been. He's a sheep herder, lives alone out west of town. Kind of a stiff-necked old codger. Mm. You checked his gun, I suppose. Oh, Willie's never been known to carry one. I thought everybody did, judging by that crowd at the station. Yeah, most of them do. Cattlemen, no more than sheepmen. Well, you just lift your arm a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Well, at least this witness should be able to
3: recognize
1: my assailant if he sees him again. Well, I hope so. It's about the only chance we've got. Provided, of course, the assailant doesn't get to him first. What do you mean? Well, he pulled out while I was checking through the crowd and went back home, I guess. I'm going out now and bring him in. He'll be safer with me than on his own. Uh, meantime, I imagine you want to cancel your speeches, huh? Marshal, well, All,
2: right, all right. right, Senator.
1: You hmm. can roll your sleeves down, huh? Just put on your coat. Yeah,
2: fine, fine, Marshal. Hey,
3: Marshal, uh, I led too many cavalry charges during the War of the Rebellion to be scared off by one bullet.
1: One sometimes enough, Senator. Some oh,
3: this chap has already proved himself a poor shot. No, Marshal, I shall speak to the people at 4 o'clock this afternoon from the front porch of the Dodge House exactly as I intended. All I ask is a reasonable
1: amount of protection. Well, I'll do what I can, Senator. There he is, Mr. John. Yeah. Hey, Willie. Willie. Yes,
2: I'm on duty right with you. As soon as I get
1: these ornery critters into
5: the
1: pen here. Let's stretch our legs a little, Chester.
2: I never could figure out how man could take up with sheep, Mr. Dillon. Sheep just ain't human somehow.
1: You know, Chester, sometimes humans aren't even human.
2: I guess so, but I said it before and I'll say it again. The old
5: Rams and the Ewes ain't no trouble. them gall dang lands ain't got no sense at all.
1: What'd you run off to this morning, Willie?
5: i come back home, Marshal. Where'd you think? As soon as I heard there wasn't gonna be no speaking.
1: Anybody been out here since then? Of
5: course not. Who do you think come clear out here?
1: And that fellow who knocked you down this morning, Mike.
5: Of course. He ain't no friend of mine. What are you getting at, Marshal?
1: You're the only man in Dodge City who can identify him, and he knows it.
5: You mean he'd be after me? That's right. <laughs> man sure can get himself into a pass of trouble when he ain't meaning to.
1: Yeah. Why don't you come back into town with us, Willie? You'll be a lot safer. For how long? Oh, I don't know. Maybe just this afternoon. the senator's going to speak at 4 o'clock, that gunman might show up again. Uh, you could spot him for me.
5: Well, I'm real partial to speaking. Well, good. It'll
1: work out fine.
5: Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, but uh, I still got to think about the sheep. How to lead and took
1: care of, I mean. Well, you'll be back this evening, more than likely, in the morning at the latest. Well, you could throw out feed now, enough to do them. Uh, Chester will help you, Willie. He's very fond of sheep, aren't you? He?
5: here. Get a fact, now. Well, then you understand them, don't you, Chester? No, I
2: don't. Now,
1: I wouldn't go as far as saying that. You
5: you know, uh, there's one thing I don't figure out. Oh, what's that? Your job's to protect that there senator, ain't it?
1: Yeah, that's right.
5: Then how come you're bothering about me? I ain't nobody.
1: Willie, the day I start thinking that way, I'll take off my badge. Now, come on, let's feed those sheep.
4: He's a cat. Yeah, I guess I am, Kitty. That gunman who tried to kill the senator is probably 50 miles from here by now. I
1: wish I could be sure of that.
4: Well, worrying won't make you sure. Let me bring you a beer.
1: No, no, not no. Thanks, Kitty. I, I gotta get on over to the Dodge house pretty quick.
4: When's the senator gonna speak?
1: Well, as soon as the honor guard gets here from the fort.
4: Oh, is he that important?
1: Well, he was a cavalry colonel with the Union Army during the war. Pretty good one, too, I guess. One of the officers present at Lee's surrender and decorated personally by President Lincoln.
4: Oh, well, you never know just by looking, huh?
1: Yeah, he's got nerve, all right. Might be better if he didn't.
4: You mean he'd call the speech off?
1: Yeah.
4: Matt, I think you're getting all worked up over nothing. Nobody's going to try anything today. Well, there'll be three, four hundred people out there in the street.
1: That's what makes it worse. With a crowd like that, it'd be awful hard to spot anything in time to stop it.
4: But he couldn't get away. He wouldn't have a chance.
1: Oh, well, we'd probably catch him, all right, but wouldn't help the senator much.
4: Well, he probably knows that, so he won't try it.
1: Kitty, a grudge killer, and that's what this one probably is, never cares much whether he's caught as long as he's able to carry out his grudge first.
4: What grudge? Senator Hooper's never been here before. He doesn't even know anyone here.
1: Somebody knows him.
2: Wait a- so this is what law enforcement has finally come to. Hello, Doc? Sitting here in a saloon in the middle of the afternoon, too. Getting all liquored <laughs> up.
1: You're wrong,
2: Doc. He wouldn't even have a beer. Oh, well, good. I'll have it for him. Oh, on. I'll bring it over. Thank you, Kitty. Right. Oh, my. Well, you worried, Matt?
1: Oh, wouldn't you be?
2: Well, I don't know. I've never been in this kind of a spot. I just cure them when I can and bury them when I can't.
1: Yeah. And in both cases, you collect your fee.
2: Well, I try to most of the time. Oh, by the way, where's Willie Angel?
1: He's in the back room there with Chester. We walked him around town for a couple of hours trying to spot that gunman, but no luck. Well, maybe he left town. I doubt it, Doc. You
2: figure he's going to show then, huh? Yeah,
1: he'll show. Somewhere in that crowd. And when he does, he'll have a gun in his hand. This land is
3: your land.
7: Michigan is a nice little place, not unlike the Waziak or Niles, but then small towns in Michigan are all pretty much alike. Saturday is a big night in town, of course. The week's farming is done, sale crops are at market, and Mom, Pop, and the kids get slicked up for the square dance at the Grange Hall or the summer party at Chet's Beach Point Lodge. Winter means potluck dinners at the schoolhouse and breaking out the good food put up earlier in the year and long, cold months before the red breast of the first robin is seen, or the first apple blossom bursts out on the trees. That's about the time of Holland's Tulip Festival, the time when the city people begin to think of going over to Mackinac Island for a few weeks. It's the time of tree toads in the woods, and sassafras smell along Route 5. Detroit is at a halfway point, and more than one young man's fancy turns to thoughts of the girl he left in Kalamazoo. That's springtime in Michigan, a state which all the time fulfills the promise of its motto. If you seek a pleasant peninsula, look about you.
2: There comes the cavalry, Mister Jones. Still no sign
1: of him, Willie.
5: No, sir, Marshal. I've been staring at that crowd from one end to other, and I just don't see hiding here, that fellow.
1: Well, keep trying. Stay behind me there toward the back of the porch, huh? Yes, sir. Well, Senator, you can still call this off, you know. I don't imagine they have much use with cowards in Dodge City. It's not a matter of cowardice, Senator. It's just plain common sense. If you were in my place, would you call it off, Russell? It doesn't matter what I do, Senator. You've answered me. Just tell me what you want me to do now. Well, mainly just don't stand too far toward the front of the porch when you get up to talk. That way you'll be protected from anybody in that crowd on top of the buildings across the street over there. I understand. I'll be right beside you here. Chester will be on the other side. And if either one of us says drop, you get down real fast. With that you can tell on one. You'll make sure he does, Chester. Everything.
3: I want you to know I appreciate your position, your responsibility.
1: I have complete confidence. Thank you, sir. And good luck, sir.
0: Thank
3: you, Captain. Gentlemen. Officers and troopers of the United States Cavalry, and all of you good people of Dodge City, I intend to try once again this afternoon to make a speech which earlier, you may recall, was rather rudely interrupted.
7: <laughs> I had announced
3: that I was coming here to discuss problems and take up grievances, so I can only assume that the unknown gentleman this morning must have had a very big grievance. And though I don't entirely approve of his methods, he did one thing I wish all of you would do. He delivered his grievance in person.
1: Instead of telling you to... Mr. Sure, Dillon!
4: Willie! Willie! Oh, oh, cell. He had a derringer
1: hidden in the front of his shirt kill killed? I don't know. Doc, come on up here, will you? But why, Marshal? I never saw this man before in my life. I don't know, Senator. Captain, could you use your men to keep the crowd back off the porch?
3: First second platoon,
5: Move your platoon
1: left. Willie. Willie, can you hear me?
5: Oh, hurt, it hurts, Marshal. hurts all too bad.
1: Here, Chester, help me carry him inside. Huh? Why did you do it? What is it you got against the senator?
5: Uh, not senator, Colonel C- Colonel Barclay Hooper, Richmond sixty-five. Rode over us, cut us to ribbons. Him and his Blue Devils, both my brothers, murdered,
1: sabered. That was the war, Willie. But that's over. It was over the day General Lee surrendered.
5: Yeah, Lee maybe, but not me. Made him bow down. But not really, Angel. I got away from him. I've been uh, waiting. Okay,
2: just let me have a look here.
5: First uh, bad, Marshal, my sheep's out there. You, you got to feed my sheep.
1: That's all right, Willie. I'll see they're taken care of.
5: It ain't just sheep. They're my friends. Only friends I ever had... Except my brothers. And they, they're dead. they
2: oh, right. He's unconscious. Well, what do you think, Doc? Well, it's about 50 50. It'd maybe be better if he did die. Why, well, Willie wouldn't last a year in jail. Yeah.
1: Well, Senator, looks like the war's still going on, doesn't it? All this time, just waiting, he said. Yeah. Kind of funny in a way. If he'd killed you 10 or 12 years ago, he'd have been a hero. Out of half the country, anyway. He tries the same thing today, and he's shot down as a criminal. It's something to think about, isn't it, Senator?